Got Your Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. We say all the right things and um, we just can't seem to uh, do the right things right now. And We're relentless in trying to cultivate the next solution uh, and find the next answer. We are leaving no stone unturned. No stone unturned and so it should be. The Edmonton Oilers looking to get themselves out of this funk. And this three-game road trip might be just what the doctor ordered. Welcome to Got Your Back Sunday night's live stream edition we got the entire crew ready ready to rock and roll tonight steve taylor and Kelowna working the controls taking your comments for ask us anything rob brown and jason strudwick will be standing by here to break it all down got you back as always brought to you by our fantastic title sponsor sherwood buick gmc Canada's number one GMC dealership, five years running. Purchase a new or used vehicle and mention that the guys that got your back sent you. Not only will you receive specialized pricing as a bonus, you'll also get three free ultimate detail packages as well. Uh, on That's on a new or a used vehicle. So visit Phil and the crew in Sherwood Park, or you can check them out online, www.gmcpod.com. Dot com. We're coming to you from the beautiful, upgraded Longshot Studio here in Sherwood Park. Longshot's available for corporate events, by the way. So much more than just golf. Check them out at longshots.ca. I've been in there a couple of times when companies have had their employees in for a little golfing afternoon. And it uh, looks like a ton of fun. As uh, we check in with the fellas, Rob Brown and Jason Strudwick. I'm getting a little laggy here. My feed is a little soupy. Not sure how you guys are doing. Can you hear me? Can you see me okay? Yeah, we're good. No, you got nothing, hey, Brownie? Zero. No, are you? I can't hear. Are you talking? I think we need more strides. You know what? You just mute it. We'll listen to strides today. Yeah, well, I'll just hang up and listen to you guys. Um, <laughs> hey, by the way, can I start with a Costco beef? Can we, like, oh, I, This is kind of like a Shoggy's World segment instead of Struddy's World. Do you guys care? Mm -hmm. I got a beef about, about about something to do with Costco. You're the only person in Edmonton that goes to Costco on a Sunday? What a crazy thing. So anyway, Struds, <laughs> I've got a friend. <laughs> You're just going to indulge me here. I got a buddy. He shall remain nameless, Murray. Conservatively <laughs> speaking, six trips to Costco a week. Loves oh. it. He loves it. By the way, an Jeez. avid listener of the podcast. Listens all the time Murray. so th Jeez. this will be big for murray six trips to costco a week now i was talking to his wife about it this is the thing guys he'll if they just need milk he like hops in the car and goes to costco for milk if they just need you know bread he'll just hop in and bring back bread as somebody who goes to costco feeding a family of seven i just think it is a major bogey to go to Costco when all you need is one thing. You're taking up a parking spot. 
You're slowing the place down. You're taking up a place in line. You're taking an already busy place and jamming it up even more. There is a reason to go to Costco. Many of us have a reason to go to Costco. Stay out of the way, those of you that are looking for one thing. Go to a gas station. Go to a grocery store. Minimum five op- five items to go to Costco or you're just getting in the way. Murray, gentlemen. Brownie, go ahead, buddy. I think this one's for you. Well, I mean, the girl at the checkout is cute. So if you go one by one to buy things, I agree. Well, what's wrong with that? Yeah, but that's but that's that that's not Murray. That's not Mur- Murray. He just loves it there. He just wants to go hang. And it and I'm just saying for those of us that wander around, Struds, have you ever been to Costco? Do you do any of the shopping? Oh, yeah, I you- go. Yeah, I'm not going to brag, but I get a pretty significant rebate every year. <laughs> From my <laughs> look I at you, Mister, I won't brag. I don't want to start talking about it, but it's deep into the th- triple digits that I. Uh... <laughs> uh, so am I right or am I wrong? That. Like, come no, on, I, one wrong. item mucking I, the place up. For me, the biggest issue with Murray isn't the fact that he's clogging up the parking lot. I always park a long ways away. I like to walk through. I like people seeing my tight jeans. What I don't understand is getting through that, going through that whole process for a loaf of bread. My dad does the same thing. He goes there for 2% milk, a a gallon of 2% milk. He literally has to drive by another store to go to Costco. And I argue with him all the time. He's like, it's cheaper. I said, but you're spending more money on gas and time that are both valuable. (laughs) <laughs> and so I don't know, maybe, maybe my dad and Murray play cards there. I don't know what's going on, but I, I don't get it. But again, have big, you, big rebate guys, big, but have you, have you Stop ever bragging. gone to Costco and walked by the, the oven baked chicken at the back and not bought it? Like I seriously, yes. I buy that every time and yeah. I will, and I've got, I got like pleather seats in my truck and like right. I eat that on the way home. Like no, I rip off one of the. I do, honest to God, I do. I rip it off. What kind of an animal. A couple are times you? it has fallen as I've ripped it off. It's fallen on the floor, and then my car stinks <clears> like <throat> chicken for a while. But it <clears throat> smells so good. You cannot not eat it when you're driving home in the car. First off, you don't have leather seats or Saskatchewan seal skin. And number two, <laughs> I find they're very dry. And I've gone. I've already gone through this whole thing. I find them to be dry. Wasn't that but a like Strud's world? Are you kidding me? Dedicated an entire Strud's world to, they're dry. to they're chicken. Dry. I love chicken. The, the, the oven baked one, the one that's ready to be know, eaten. That one. I know with the black bottom and the clear lid. I know it, buddy. I've been yeah. there. I've I've also gone there. I I really. Are get you the a lot same of guy that wanted to ban cranberries? Is that you too? <laughs> oh, the cranberries. I, I again. I've been yeah, had see, so like, much support. I've had so much support with that. You are a princess. Seriously, oh. you are a high maintenance yeah. princess. Not, why? Because they don't like dry chicken. Yeah. You know what? I totally forgot for tonight's podcast. Uh, I did. We did an interview with Drew Doughty this week, and I asked him about the cranberry sauce to stress because apparently I'm having trouble letting this go. Uh, we'll do that on a different podcast. We did some rapid fire with Drew Doughty and uh, talked a bit about Connor McDavid. I was going to run that here in the local podcast. Uh, we are live streaming uh, on Twitter and on YouTube, and we love the comments that are coming in here in the Weiss Johnson YouTube mentions. We need to figure out a name for that, by the way. Um, like our our inbox, our you know the the guys at Edmonton Sports have the nasty chat. Uh, we need to figure out something to call ours. Uh, so Cole Smith, uh, hey boys, first time watching. 
uh, live, longtime pod listener. Great work, unlike our Oilers, A. Eh? Thanks, Cole. And we'll get to more of this in our Ask Us Anything. Uh, can't relate, no Costco and P.S. Andrew. Uh, where was the other one that I liked? There was a good comment here. Uh, why did Costco stop serving the fried wings? Some stranger wants to know. Brownie, did you do the fried wings? No, no, and I've never actually had a hot dog at Costco. I hear there you get the hot dog and a pop for like a buck fifty or something. I've never done that. Yeah, isn't it weird to spend seven hundred dollars on groceries and then get lunch for six dollars? <laughs> That's just a, it's just a weird thing that you can do that all in one day. Yeah. Uh, okay, Oiler Nation is burning, and we're talking about uh, ready-made Murray. chickens and hot dogs. <laughs> Thanks, Murray. Murray. Thanks a lot, Murray. That that one with on one you, R. Murray. He's probably the kind of guy that has one R for Murray. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually Murray. Yeah. Uh, okay, time for the breakdown brought to you by Adrenaline Diesel, Edmonton's heavy-duty diesel truck repair shop. A unique shop for two reasons. Their ability to do custom jobs, right? They do custom exhaust, custom engines, custom body work. And if you can think of it, they can do it. And they're also the Ghostbusters, right? If you've got a problem that others just can't figure out, Marty and his staff, they get obsessed. They will not quit until they solve your problem. They love that challenge. High standards, great service. Visit AdrenalineDiesel.ca. Quick outline of the podcast. We're going to talk about the coaching situation here in the breakdown segment. Uh, we're going to deal with that in the first segment. Second segment, going to be a little bit more solution oriented right what should Woodcroft be doing with his lineup we're going to go through what we would do with the lines for tomorrow night's game because that was such a smashing success last time we did that here on the pod and we'll just talk about different strategies and stuff that they could employ Struddy's world uh struds are you, are you hitting oilers over the head or punching them in the heart or are you going with lighter fare tonight let's just let them keep doing this guys yeah, just keep oh, talking. Does it ever sound good? God, <laughs> sorry. That, that was, was the best. Freddy's world has sounded. <laughs> uh, it was. I had. I just sold a solution how the orders to solve all their problems. So, oh, you guys, you missed. Uh, out. You forget. Uh, lighter fare in Struddy's world. It's lighter. Yeah, we'll have it. And Brownie's gonna love this one. He's gonna okay. love it. I love it. And Brownie, yeah, you're hanging in for the whole thing, right? <laughs> you're hanging in for the whole show, Brownie. Well, I, I'm gonna like a Struddy's world. I haven't yet, so I got to see this. It'll one. be a first. Is that what you said? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, a first. Uh, what a prick. But, but just so people know, <laughs> offline, I said to Brownie, uh, or I was saying to the guys we were talking, and I said, "Tonight in Struddy's world, are you going to?" And Brownie cuts me off and goes, "You guys are still doing that thing," <laughs> which is probably gem of the night, and it won't be even in the show. It wasn't being, even in the show. He's being such a Murray right now. He is. He's being a major Murray right now. Uh, and then in our Ask Us Anything segment, you folks on the stream will be able to dig in, ask us whatever questions that you have. Okay, let's get serious. I'm going to click into reporter mode here for a second, guys. I'm going to give you uh, the latest as I know it on the coaching situation and what my sense is, and then we'll have a broad discussion about it. Uh, and if you saw SportsCenter today, I did a lot of this reporting on SportsCenter as well. Here is my sense of where things are at. It is early, but given the record and given the expectations on this team, uh, it is not too early to be discussing if a coaching change is, is in the cards. Um, I believe that it is on the table right now. I believe that you know if, if 10 out of 10 is when you're firing a coach, we're at a solid seven and a half or an eight right now. And that's just reality. Um, you know, the expectations were high on this team and they have not performed in a lot of ways and they can't continue to just let this roll without seeing some sort of change um, and needing to make some significant change. So I believe 
right this second, nothing is imminent, but this three-game road trip is going to determine a tremendous amount. And I believe, gentlemen, if there is not significant results on this three-game road trip, I think there will be change. So that is my you know, instinct. That's my sense as a, a guy that covers the team every day on where things lie right now. Uh, Struds, you and I chatted about this a little bit last night, so we'll get to you second on this. But Brownie, um, you know, what, what would you say to the idea that just 10 games into the season, that option is already on the table? Well, I, I believe it'll be Sutter. Uh, Babcock will be the assistant. And Mark Crawford will come in just to do shootouts at the very end of the game. Um, they, I mean, I think it's a done deal. And they're going to announce it Tuesday morning. Oh, Three-year deals. Three-year deals all around. Well, yes, obviously. They're not going to come for a two-year deal. Um, the, I still think the Edmonton Oilers are going to be a playoff team as long as they stay healthy. I do think there's a lot of track that is still left. Uh, I, I, I said last night in our show that on the course of the season, there's two players that I would say have played up to their capabilities. I think Evander Kane the last five games has been very good. And I think Warren Fogle has been good all season long. Outside of those two, I don't think there's a single Oiler that has played up to their capabilities. Now, is that on the players? Is that on the coach? Or is it on both? I think it's on both. I think this coaching staff uh, has to be held accountable for uh, the fact that this team hasn't been held accountable. Uh, they they have taken undisciplined penalties, and there's been nobody has been held accountable for that. They've had four too many men on the ice penalties, and that's on the player, but that's also on the coach. Uh, there's been uh, lack of emotion, a lack of good defensive detail, yet there's been no accountability to the player. So I think if this coaching staff wants to stay and continue to go forward, and I think he's capable, there has to be an accountability, and it has to start in Vancouver. So I do believe everything you said there that – because of the expectations of where the Oilers should be. And it's not just the record right now for the Edmonton Oilers. It's the way they're playing. The way they're a lack of... I mean, it's a defensive mess. And the coaching staff talked about we're going to be a good defensive team. That is why I do believe that, yes, this has to be a good road trip. The Oilers have to win two of three on this road trip, I believe, for the coaching staff to be fully... Uh, well, for the coaching staff to still be here a week from now. Struts? Yeah, you make a lot of good points, Brownie. Um, I'm going to counter this. Since Jay Woodcroft has come in, he's been one of the winningest coaches in that time span in the NHL with this team. So did he just suddenly forget how to coach the team or did the team turn him off? Um, you know, I, I don't think that he forgot how to coach. I don't think the team has turned him off. I still go back to my main thing. I think this team was feeling too comfortable heading into the season. And they were looking to play at hockey, not looking at today. So I think that's a fault of both the players and the, and the coaches, not mm -hmm. recognizing that. To be fair, I didn't see that either coming out from here. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I'm not going to go back and hammer on them. I, when I look at the defensive part, the system, I, you know, you, you, we coach a lot of different kids. And you can coach them different ways. And, and specifically for the D-men, there are core things that a D-men must do to be a good defend, defender, a defender here I'm talking. And daughters D as a group, individually at different times, have dropped the ball on that. That is not coaching. That is individual habits. Those guys would have been told that since they were 10 years old. And so, you know, when we're talking about defending, strictly defending, now I don't think the goalies have helped a ton, but I don't think that they're the main issue. But I'm looking at the defenders. I, I just don't, and, and then I'll include the forwards in this for when you're talking about their system. 
you know, just core things that are, it doesn't matter what system you play. You don't let the other guy get inside position on you, right? We saw that happen two times last night with Ryan O'Reilly. Um, you know, when you're, when, when you're defending in the neutral zone, you don't jump in front of someone hoping you're going to get a, at best a 50, 50 puck. We saw that last night. So I, you know, there, there's, I think this is more on the players, um, that, that are not delivering the, the energy that's required to play a full 60 minutes, uh, in the NHL. So I'm, I'm more patient with the coaching staff than I think that many people are here in the city. So Struds, if this doesn't get turned around here, I mean, They've got Vancouver, they've got San Jose, and they've got Seattle. I mean, that is a road trip that the doctor ordered big time, and here's why. The Vancouver Canucks stole this team's mojo. Yeah, They were the ones that kicked them right in the pills opening night. And then the Oilers had a chance to counterpunch, and though they played better, they didn't. So the Vancouver Canucks firmly have the Oilers in their hip pocket. The Oilers have a chance to go grab some of that back. And I think... When you can punch the bully in the mouth that dropped you the week before, I think that can be meaningful. So they can start this trip with some jam that way. Then you got San Jose. They've given up 20 goals in their last two games. And then Seattle. That is a beatable team most nights for the Edmonton Oilers. So I'm not surprised that no changes were made because they're looking at this runway going, okay, if the plane can't take off with that runway, it ain't taken off. And that's the same thing I would suggest. If you can't grab five out of six points on this road trip, there's a major problem. And that's why I'm very interested to see what happens here over the next set of three games. But Struds, if the results aren't there after this road trip, really, you think it's still tenable? Well, let's see how it starts out on Monday. You know, what What? what I would be really pissed off going into Vancouver if I was an Edmonton Oilers player, like really fired up and ready to go and to set the tone and to, to, to as you say, push back. I, I love that idea. And then San Jose, I, I, I think the Bakersfield Condors could beat them. And then I think Seattle, they mm -hmm. go in there. And so, you know, that, that, that's probably like, I think tomorrow's a hard game. Vancouver's playing well. You know, I think oh, yeah. we, we all remind, we're, we're thinking about the team that was maybe the last couple of years. That's not that team right now. You know, they're, they're a good team. They're playing so fast. The Oilers look slow beside them. So how do you get going? Well, you got to get going and move the puck quicker and skate faster and all those things. But this isn't an easy game. This is a really hard game. So, you know, five or six points, I think that's going to be really hard. So let's say they get four. Is that enough to, 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 to keep the coach in line? So I think I'm looking at results, but I'm also looking at change. Are, they, are Is the team trending in the right direction after these three games? And I think you'll, we'll see immediately Monday night, do they come out pissed? Like, and that means, you know, but driving the net. Think about this, though. Yeah. I'm going to challenge you a little bit here. Okay. Why is five out of six points hard on this road trip? You've got the Vancouver Canucks, who there should be no lack of motivation. Zero lack of, the Oilers should bring the best game of their season. You expect that from them. Yeah. If they don't pull a point out of that game, something's gone wrong. But you can't, and then look at their team. next two opponents. And they're they've got rest team. in between. They're really good. Vancouver's a really good team right now. So that's not, that's not, I don't think that's a fair comment to make. So let's say they lose 2 1 there in, in regulation. And right. so they only get four points. So, you know, what, what's going on? Like, you, I think you have to look how the team is playing as well. Vancouver's good. They're really good team, guys. I think we got to be careful. About I don't these. know where your expectations for the orders drop through the floor here, Brownie. Like, where did, where did the standards, so, so my, where did the standard go? Well, so my thought I've on this one first strikes. 10 games. 
yeah. So my my thoughts on this here, guys, is, and this is why I said they got to come with two out of three wins because I agree with Struds on the fact that Vancouver through ten games, there's no comparison between the two teams. Now I do. I think the others have got to come out, and there's got to be push, and they've got to come and, and and play their best game of their season. But if their best game of the season and Vancouver's best game of the season, and they go head to head on Monday, who's to say the Oilers win that game? So I think the Oilers have to have a competitive game against Vancouver where there's pushback, there's emotion, there's anger, all of those things. And then they go and they beat up on San Jose because I think the, the three of us could find two other guys and get walking engaged and we could beat San Jose right now. So that one's a, that one's a freebie. And then they should beat Seattle. So I, I, though this is where I, I, I'm again, I don't, I don't think it's all coaching here. I don't. But in this three-game set, where there are two games that they should win. And as you said, Ryan, is the, the game against Vancouver, there should be some revenge factor. If they have, are not playing really well at the end of this week, then there's something seriously wrong. Never something mind the end of this seriously week. seriously wrong. From, from the puck huh? drop tomorrow night, man. Strud's like... Well, I know, that's what I mean, but it's got to be all three games. Thinking that the Oilers should walk into Vancouver against a team that did that to them to start the year mm. and bring their absolute best game. And if we believe yep. that the Oilers are the team that we thought they were at the start, they're just not playing like it. If they bring what they should bring to the rink, then you need at least a point against the Vancouver Canucks struts. That's not ridiculous. If they come out of that game without any points, the temperature goes up even more. Yeah, I, I don't know. They, they, I mean, they're they're a hot team right now. They're really I hot. I, I I can't I can't put that. I so are you saying if they get no points? You you you'd put Jay Woodcroft on in a taxi uh, Monday night after the after the game? No, I I mean I think it will matter how they play. Right? If it's a lackluster yeah. effort and they're talking about lost puck battles and stuff, all bets are off for sure. Yeah, but then just, you look at the four points on the table and you think. Are those two games enough to salvage it, right? So I think it's this road trip. I, well, see, I agree. I think it's the road trip, but I don't think that Vancouver's a, 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 a make or break. I think they they spank San Jose, and then they go in and have a very good game in Seattle. There's your four points. Add to the, how they play in Vancouver. Not so much the outcome, but how they play. Compromise. They've played without emotion. They've just played without emotion. Yeah, yep. they've been listless, right? They didn't have yep. any jump. I think Brownie yep. nails it. So, like, look, when you're playing poorly, you don't just turn it on the next game. You know, I, I, you, it takes time to get that that game going and get it ready. And I recognize I don't have a lot of time, but you know, I think it's you know, we what was the game against Winnipeg? We thought you know that was what was that the third or fourth game of the year? We thought that was maybe a turning point. And we've had some ups and downs since then, but. You know, now I would say that the game in, against Nashville was, was was not a step forward. So I'm looking for a step forward in Vancouver, then two good games, and then bang, you come home and you see what you can put together. Um, you got to look for some 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 like what what did we like in the game against Nashville? What what was like the power play was the second power play scored finally. Like I've talked about, should start them every time. Uh, you know, then <laughs> every time, every time, <laughs> you know, but the, what, what was really good? The, the, the rush to Denny friend, the rush wasn't great. Um, in front of your net wasn't great. The goaltending was okay. Power play was okay. Penalty kill one for three. I think if I remember, like, what did we like about it? Like, what, where's the step in the right direction with that group and that, in that game? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, this is going to be really interesting. A couple of things to point out here quick. We kind of got sidetracked there a little bit, but Jay Woodcroft has a history of of showing he can turn this group around, right? When he, If you remember when he first got here, right? The team was in the tank, Brownie. And he came in and new coach bounce for sure, but they were a better team under Jay Woodcroft, right? He showed that he can pull levers and push buttons and find improvement. Last season, they start with seven wins in their first 10 games. Their second segment of 10 games, they lost seven. Um, and by the way, they gave up 40 goals against in that 10-game stretch. Four goals a game. Sound familiar? So when Leon Dreisaitl said today, we've been here before, it's kind of what he means. It's different because it was from the start of the season. But they lost seven out of 10 games and gave up 40 goals last year. Their next segment of 10 games, they won, they won seven out of 10, and they gave up 30 goals. So Jay Woodcroft has shown he can find answers. And I believe that, coupled with the fact that McDavid and Dreisaitl are not producing, which will kill any coach, I think that is what is buying him the time that he has um, and why they're letting it ride here through this road trip, and, and then we'll see what happens. Now, the case against, I mean, just look at all the numbers defensively. It's just a, it's just a train wreck defensively. And he had the stated goal of improving this team defensively this year. Nothing has worked. It's been a disaster. I don't care if you want to point to individual mistakes. I don't care. They've gotten worse. They're giving up the 30th most goals against per game in the league. Complete failure on that front. So there is a body of work here in, bo in both ways, Brownie. Well, I agree. I, I, that's why, I, to me, he's not fired. But if they go through this week, and they are, as you said, there's, these are winnable games. The two games are winnable. They should come with four points minimum on this. Yeah. And if they don't have that, well, now all of a sudden you're getting into, uh, that's 13 games into the season, and the team's not playing the way it should be. To me, the biggest thing is, it, it's not just the wins and losses. It's how they're playing. And it's a team that's, right now, looks like they lack confidence. It's a team right now that's very frustrated. Uh, a team at time that looks confused on the ice, especially defensively. They lack emotion. And you know they lack emotion because in the last four games, three games, uh, when Deherné scored and when Gagne scored, you saw pure emotion. But you, we remember it because that's the only emotion that we saw in the last three games. So those are the things that... Uh, bother me as a as someone watching the team is this is not a team that looks like they're a enjoying it or b have any swagger at all. So the wins and losses will come when the swagger comes or the wins will come when the swagger comes back. But they have no swagger right now, and I think that's what's disappointing. This is a team that talked right from the first captain's gate, Stanley Cup or bust, and we are going to be a better defensive team, and they haven't shown any of that. You know, you know, Brownie, you make a good point. I think it's really hard though to have that swagger when your top two most dominant players of the last number of years don't have a swagger. You know, like mm -hmm. if, if if you are whoever, Halloween, you look over and see Leon hasn't scored in two weeks, you're like, oh my God, this guy hasn't scored. And you can tell he's not himself. Like I I, I and, and not to put it all on their at their feet, but a big part of the solution would be those guys banging out some huge games, right? And I, yeah. I just it's it, it, and just it, to be fair, that's what we've come to expect. Whether that's fair or not, that's what we've come to expect. You, how many times in the past have we said, oh, man, the Oilers have lost two in a row. Or Connor's going to go crazy tonight. And he does. Two goals and an assist. Leon, a goal and two assists. Whatever. Bang, bang, bang. Like, have we seen that this year yet? So they need those. Like, that swagger starts with those two studs. They're absolute studs. They need them. So let me ask you this. 
Who has shown any sign of being willing to step outside their comfort zone in an effort to find better results? Like, we're watching these games, and we know what each of these players is roughly capable of, and we know the areas of their game that, you know, their, their strengths and weaknesses are. Uh, it, to me, it's in some, a certain amount of this is internal accountability too, right? Who's stepping outside their comfort zone looking for answers? Who's doing something different? Who is, you know, who's the player who you're going, whoa, okay, that guy is playing with some desperate energy right now. Wow, did you see what he just did? He doesn't normally do that, right? Nobody is showing in their actions that the sense of urgency is where it needs to be. And I'm not talking about just dropping the gloves and fighting or this or that. I'm talking about players going out and it being very clear, that guy is all in tonight. Holy smokes. And maybe it goes in for him or maybe it doesn't, but look at the way he's playing the game. He is stepping outside his comfort zone because he's desperate. This group does not have that. They do not have individuals who are taking it upon themselves to do that. And that is something that you can control, Struds. Yeah, I think the, the most recent example would be Sam Gagne, right? He just came in and he was not going to be denied. Bingo. He was, he was on the fifth line and then he ended up on the second line, right? By the, by the end of the game. And that's exactly what you need. I, I would say I think Brownie nailed it with uh, Kane and, and Fogel. I think those two guys, they've been bringing it most nights. You're like, they're noticeable, right? Um, but other than that, they're, the, the forward group as a whole, you're right. We haven't seen it. So how do you how do you – Get you know a team turned around. There needs to be somehow to create energy. There needs mm -hmm. to be a creation of energy out of nowhere. And sometimes it could just start with a block shot, a face-off win. Uh, you know, fighting is you know kind of leaving the game, but that that's that's one way you can do it. Although the owners aren't really built for that right now. Um, you know, but you know, finishing hits, a good energy shift in, in the other team's end where you're in there for 30, 40 seconds and they're just you know rolling around on roller skates like. Those are way, but then the next, then it's one thing to happen once, but then the next group has to come out and do something. Then the next group after that, and you have to keep building on it, building on it. Then all of a sudden you realize like, geez, we're not drowning anymore. And we actually may have something going. So it's, I don't know if it's just, I agree. Someone has to start it, but then it has to be keeping going and keep that it's a shared going. responsibility, Brownie. It's a shared yeah. responsibility. It, Ryan McLeod can't skate around out there thinking it's not my job to finish checks. Like I've, I've never really done that. And like, no, that's not my thing, right? Other guys do that. So it's okay if I don't. It's a shared responsibility. There are things that are hard to do, some harder than others. And players need to understand they have to do their share, especially when times are tough. They got guys tips tiptoeing through the tulips out there, just like, not my job. And that's mind boggling with the situation being what it is. Well, yeah, and I, I, go, I, I do believe that Kane has gone outside. He's done every. Agreed. I thought in the last five games, he's done everything. I thought Fogel is, I think Fogel, I, he's he's showing me things I didn't think he was capable of offensively. Yeah, that's two. He's made some, pardon? That's two. There's two. Oh, and then, yeah, yeah and Sam Gagne. You're right. right. Those are Three. the only three guys. I agree. And the thing is, for if you're, most of the Oilers are offensive players. And it's hard to score goals in the National Hockey League. What's, what's not hard to do is throw a hit. What's not hard to do is lay down and block a shot. What's not hard to do is go 100 miles an hour on a back check. So when things aren't going right one way, do those things. When there's a puck in the crease, uh, dive in there. Sam, That's like Sam Gagne scored his goal. Even if you don't, if the puck's not there, at least you run into a defenseman or a goaltender. But what you do is you show heart. You show you care. 
Um, I think the Oilers uh, at times have been too perimeter. And I think in the National Hockey League, for example, Ryan McLeod, take the puck to the net. Drive the net. Put your head down. Sometimes you're going to get hammered. But there's going to be sometimes you create a scoring chance. And there's going to be sometimes that you create a power play because you're fast. Those are the things that some of the other players have to do up front. And getting outside, everybody notices when you do something that's just not your norm. Everyone on the bench will notice. Brownie, I if disagree. If someone blocks a shot. Yeah. If someone blocks a shot, players on the bench notice that. I mean, that what's that kid? They scored the, the other scored the other night on the power play. But was it number three or number seven for Nashville? Lazan or something like that. He blocked three slap shots yeah, in a row. He went down, got back up. And even though the Oilers scores, when he goes to the bench, the entire bench is patting him on the back. That's what the Oilers need more of. Struddy, I dis or, or Brownie, I disagree with you that that it's easy to throw hits and that it's easy to block shots and that it's easy to take it, pucks to the net and struds. Like, let me bounce this off you, Struds. Those three things take courage. They take courage. Because when you run easy. around and skate hard and finish checks, someone might get mad and punch you in the face. When you take the puck hard to the net, people might get angry at you. Blocking shots isn't fun. It hurts. These things mm -hmm. take incredible commitment and incredible courage. And not enough players are willing to do these things regularly. Yeah, but I think Brownie kind of answered that. Is that the, most soldiers are offensive, and they've always been offensive. So, you know, they, they, they're just not trained to do that. They, they've never had to do it. You know, the guys at the bottom of the roster kicking around, they're desperate. They'll do anything. They'll block anything just to stay in the NHL, right? Yeah. So, but it is, they are easy to do in that they don't require skill. Standing in front of a, you know, 90 mile an hour slap shot is not a skilled play. You just have to get in the way. Anyone could do it. Uh, it hurts. It hurts, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, finishing a check on someone, right? Someone might get hurt. But let's look at this Vancouver Canuck team. Which of those people would you not want to get upset with you? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm like JT Miller. He, he's always grumpy, but I mean, I would have loved to fought that guy if he was mad at me. Like, what? <laughs> You're mad? This so is not great... everybody goes 6'6", 325 like no, no, you but, did no, when but you just, played. No, but just like there's no one to be scared of. Like who who on that team? Uh, is it Dakota? There's a... Uh, Dakota Joshua, yeah. Yeah, he's tough. He's a tough guy, but still like... You're not losing well, sleep over that, you know. So you're not. You're, you're not. You don't think you are. If you're no. a guy that doesn't normally do that, and you got to run no. around and finish checks, and he might come no. knocking. Oh, not in today's NHL. No, I agree. Not in today's NHL. If you're Ryan McLeod, you run him over, and he comes over and says you want to fight. You're like, no, and just skate away. Yeah. Boom. That's how you do. And then you go and run someone else, and then he comes and takes a penalty on you, and now you come back to the bench like a conquering hero. Connor McDavid scores on the power play. Bang! I'll send you out of your funk. That's how quick it can happen, Brownie. One hundred percent. And everything Strides just says, right? When I say it, it's easy to do those things. It's because it doesn't take talent. And I know because at the end of my career, I stopped yeah. scoring goals, and they made me go out and hit people. I'm like, hey, this isn't that hard. <laughs> and then you just hit people, and it's fun. You go back to the bench, like, yeah, I hit four guys. Three of them didn't notice because I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> I went out there and did it. There's more like but a rub. But it was. It's like, oh, I one night I said I was going to knock Zdeno Chara down. I oh, ran yeah. him 18 times. 16 yeah. times I fell down. One time, I think I moved him two or three inches, and he kind of looked at me like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Coach made me. Yeah. Rob Brown's appearance is here on the podcast, brought to you by Law. Uh, sorry, brought to you by Kinprint. Though you wouldn't know it because his hat's still backwards. Like, we got to figure out do we the have, technology we... here. Steve, 
Steve, you got a text line. Can't someone on the text line tell me how to fix it? I don't understand. Steve, I think technology. you can do that, can't you? I think you can flip flop that in uh, in our program there, Steve. I I mean, listen, I don't want you to crash the entire live stream, and I feel like every time we try and do something on the fly, that's a risk. But Kinprint helping you push your business brand to the next level. Visit kinprint.ca. We've already screwed the show up. We basically just did the second segment in the first segment, the content. Now we've been talking about how to fix all the other problems. You're supposed to talk about coaching, uh, but that's okay because we have to give our line combinations. So we'll do that coming up in the next segment. Before we wrap this segment, guys, there's lots of action here on the stream and lots of people are saying you guys are completely out to lunch. Why are you talking about a coaching change? It's the general manager that needs to change. There's lots of that. And lots of people are screaming this loud from the hilltops. And I think in fairness to them, we need to address it. I have my thoughts. Struds, I'll let you go first on this one. Yeah, I, I'm not so concerned about the general manager's work. Um, I believe that the lack of the salary cap going up has really, has really held them back. I think that's really been a difficult thing. I don't, there are two, two well, for one signing, I know for sure that a do-over B would be Campbell. I think that that has proved to be a difficult one to, uh, you know, give a green two thumbs up to. Uh, you know, last year was was a very difficult season. This year has not been uh, much better. So I think that's one that I'd be I'd be critical of uh, for there. And I and I think that when you're looking at you know some of the challenge they've had, every young player they've signed, Yamamoto, um, Puliarvi, and now McLeod, for whatever reason, you know once they've got these deals, they've been unable to continue to develop. So is that on the GM or on the team or on the player themselves? I'm not sure, but I mean, if they had one of those guys that was working right now in, in you know, including McLeod, who was playing at the level they expected or to continue to develop, they seem to stall. And so that'd be my, my other uh, major concern, Brownie. Well, the roster that Ken Holland put together, everybody and their dog was picking to win the Stanley Cup a month ago. So that's, it's a roster. It, there's nothing changed. And a month ago, everyone thought this was, if not the best team in the NHL, in the top three. So uh, was everybody wrong, including Ken Holland? I, there's not, there's not going to be a GM change. The Oilers have got no cap space. Uh, I mean, they're playing with 21 players, and sometimes they're playing shorthanded. But this is the same team that everyone thought that Ken Holland put together a Stanley Cup championship-caliber team. So that means... If everyone thought this was a good team and they're not playing well, that means they're underachieving. So is that still on the GM? Yeah. Uh, so here's where I'm at on this. Ken Holland wears this. It's, this is his mm -hmm. team. The team has started the year with not enough players, which put a coach in a position where, where it made accountability hard, right, to scratch guys, to bench guys. Um, and Ken Holland firmly put them in that position. His job is to manage the cap right, along with his staff, and they've put this team in a tough spot roster-wise as a result. The reason they're in that spot is because he went all in trying to get this team across the finish line last year, right? Like, they went all in. And in a flat cap scenario, to try and be going all in, um, he's rammed them right up against this thing. But it would have been criminal of him not to have done that, to have taken this team and this roster and this organization and not to have used every single resource possible, including some of next year's, which they've done here with Connor Brown. So I understand why they're up against the cap. I get it. 
And there have been some mistakes, no question, and some big ones, right? The Campbell deal, I mean, that's that's tough. And that was one of the biggest jobs that he had to do. But bottom line, I believe this is his last year as GM. I think he's done, right? He's, I, I mean, I, I don't think he wants to continue in the position, I, I would assume anyway. So the search is on for the succession plan. But that's not going to fix what's happening on the ice right now. There are much more pressing needs. So yes, he wears this too, but that isn't fixing what's ailing the orders right now guys to me yeah and now that jeff jackson's here i mean if, if it is indeed uh ken holland's last year uh they'll go in a, a new direction right there, there's no to me there's no buddy waiting the wings that he won't he's like this is the next guy he's gonna look everywhere to get his his guy in there yeah okay that was the breakdown brought to you by adrenaline diesel that went long we were like 38 minutes on the breakdown so we gotta slam these last three segments in here that's awesome we can cut strutty's world <laughs> no this one's a winner this one's a winner <laughs> warren <laughs> murray murray none of your relentless uh murray very short break it. and then takeaways coming up hey everyone it's kelly here from united sport and cycle the wait is over united's annual hockey day sale is finally here Save 20% off on select CCM and Bauer skates. Save 35% off on all Bauer and CCM Pro Stock sticks. And save up to 25% off on select Bauer and CCM equipment. And for you goalies, save up to 20% off select Bauer, Warrior, and CCM goal gear. Trust the experts at your home of hockey for over 95 years. United Sport and Cycle. Are you ready to elevate your moving experience? Trusted for over 100 years, Ferguson Moving and Storage are your partners in relocation, ensuring your journey is smooth and stress-free. And say goodbye to surprises with Ferguson's transparent flat rate pricing. Contact them now for a free moving quote and use the promo code FERGUSON to receive $100 off your next move. Visit fergusonmoving.com and let them lift your expectations. Winter is upon us, so why not make the best of it? Marmot Basin Ski Resort is where it's at. Ski half price every day, no blackout periods. Pick up your escape card for 99 bucks and make winter fun more affordable. Half the price, all the powder. Get yours at www.skimarmot.com. All right, time for takeaways brought to you by Martin Motorsports. Riding style this winter in new snow or sledding gear from Martin Motorsports. They carry all the top brands, right? 509 to be Ski-Doo. And their new 2024 lineup of winter gear is available now. If you use the code GOTYERBACK, that's G-O-T-Y-E-R-B-A-C-K at checkout, you get 20 bucks off your next order from Martin Motorsports, their online store. Easy and convenient ships right to your door. Shop online, www.martinmotorsports.ca. I was on the website the other day. Pretty cool, all the different stuff that you can get. So definitely check it out and tell them that Got Your Back sent you. Line combination time, homework. You guys love it when I text you 30 minutes before the show and give you homework. So I know, Strutty, you scratched yours out on the back of a cocktail napkin. Brownie, you came close to acing the assignment last time. You won last time, so yeah. you get to strut. Should he go first or should he go last this time? Well, he dropped the hammer I think, again. I think he gets the choice. He killed the last time. Strutty, is there a brownie first, last? You want to go last? 
I'll let I'll let Struds go first because he always was last picked in all those things in gym and stuff like that. So I'll let him go first today. <laughs> wow. Not at the school dances, buddy. Long lineup card. Long lineup card. <laughs> um, so okay, I'm gonna go. So I I just want to let you know what I was thinking. I I I wanted to to move a couple of things, move McLeod off a of center, put him on the wing. Each line I wanted to have uh, a stud center, so Connor, Leon, and Nuge. And then I tried to add speed, some skill, and a little bit of grit to each line. So I'm spreading out, trying to make three three lines that are all very quite similar, actually. So I've got uh, Kane with McDavid and uh, Sam Gagne. I've got Holloway on the left wing with Drysaddle and Hyman. And then um, I've got Fogel on the right side with Nuge and then uh, the aforementioned McLeod on the wing. He has lost the privilege, of, not the privilege, but just just playing. I, I want him to use his speed, make his game very simple up and down the wing. So that's that's my three lines. And obviously that leaves uh, Rafi, Hamblin, and uh, Derek Ryan. Okay, uh, whip, whip me through those top six again real quick, Struts. Kane, McDavid, Gagne, Hyman, Dreisaitl, Holloway. Fogel, Nuge, and uh, the big guy, Cloud, on the wing. So then Fogel's, you got Fogel over on right, and you've got Hyman over on right as well. Yeah, hi, yeah, Sam. Because I, I like what I saw from uh, Sam and Kane in, in bits and spurts here, especially in that first game that Sam played. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I, I recognize that McDavid is, mu is much quicker than both those guys, but he is much yeah. quicker than most people. So I, I, but once again, that half court offense, I'm trying to create lines right. that can create some half court offense. I think that's something that's been missing. So no bump for Lavoie then he's kind of still where he was before kind of in that fourth line range. Type no, he is for now. Yeah. One of the other guys. Okay. Brownie, what do you got, bud? Well, actually I'm quite close to struds, although, yeah. and it was funny. I, I agreed with the, the chemistry that Kane and Gagne had, but I want Kane with McDavid. And honestly, I don't think Sam can play there. Uh, I don't think he can, his speed will keep up with Connor on the rush. And I think that's the problem. So I would have McDavid with Kane. And on the right hand side, I had, I'm trying to think who do I have? Oh I, had, oh, I had Nuge playing with Kane and McDavid. I had Nuge going on the right hand side. I got oh, Dry playing setter with Hyman and Holloway. I got Fogel. Because Fogel can, has been driving a line. I got Fogel with McLeod trying to get him going. And I have Gagne playing with those two. Because Gagne is playing with some jam. And I think that's what that line needs with McLeod. And then the, the fourth line, which is going to get three and a half minutes on uh, Monday night in Vancouver. They'll just be the same. Ryan, Lavoie, and Hamblin. Interesting. No, the the thing is, again, we do these line things, and it's really just for the pregame skate because <laughs> you know, really don't have line combinations. Yeah, the problem is there's a lot of lefties, right? Like if if you want to yeah. move, if you want to move McLeod to the wing, Struds, and you kind of have me rethinking things because I agree. I think, I mean, what do you want to accomplish with the moves, right? I'd love it if there was a way you could get Ryan McLeod on Evander Kane's line and just get him, just get Evander Kane in oh. on the forecheck and banging around a little bit and stuff. Like, I think you need to play Ryan McLeod with players who will demand that of him, quite frankly. So, uh, and, and it, you reminded me of that idea as you did your line. So I was kind of trying to edit mine on the fly with that in mind. 
But I, what's what's the pathway to getting those two on the same line? It's probably playing Kane on the left side and keeping McLeod in the middle, right? If you want those two out there together. But I I, I would elevate I would elevate Dylan Holloway, right? I, I would I would look at elevating him with McDavid. Maybe you got Gagne over on the other wing. Um, you know, Zach Hyman and uh, Leon Dreisaitl together. I think you need to keep Leon with some other top six guys. I'm not sure I'm strapping some some youth and some bottom players. To, I think there's too much frustration in his game right now. I think he needs people to make plays with for him to find his way through this. So I would probably keep, you know, Hyman up there. But I'm kind of editing on the fly a little bit here because I do like the idea of, of Ryan McLeod shifting to the wing. It's just you can't get him with a Vander Kane. So I'd like to see Ryan McLeod play with some guys that are a little more rough and tumble and bang around a little bit. Does that make sense? Would that help him? I don't. I have no idea what your lines are. You made. You just said a lot of things, yeah. and I. I. I like you guys talk. I'll write them out here. You're the guy who's like who just brings his homework and then just answers everybody else and slips it in at the end of the day. I, I honestly. I'm sorry. I, at some really point, I, I, I thought you said Charlie Huddy at one point. I'm not even sure anymore where you're at. So that this is what I'm going to say. Okay, if if I I am I am of the mindset to put McLeod in the wing, just to simple. Not that he's. Just to simplify his game, say, buddy, you've got to get up and down. You got to finish some checks and just, you know, just just to give him a bit of a change, but also to put my strengths down the middle. I do like strengths down the middle of yeah. of, of my guy, and I like new jet centers. I think he he has skate more, and he has a puck more, and I think he takes ownership of his line more. Um, so that like, there's a lot of things when you're when you're building lines, you can't just say, oh, I think these two guys like they play well with each other. You got to figure out why. What are you trying to accomplish with this group? So, if you truly want to get Kane with McLeod in my world, then I would take uh, Sam Gagne down to play beside Nuge and uh, Fogel. What is this? 2015. Heyo. Uh, but and then uh, you know, then you'd have uh, so because then the big uh, McLeod skates like crazy. He could play with Connor and Kane, uh, and then then I think Holloway McDavid. Those are lefties. Or, it is lefties. That's yeah. the problem. I, I tried to edit but on I, the fly, and then I realized, oh, my God, it's all go. left shots everywhere. But, it's, but it's, not, it's not a problem. I, as a lefty, played right wing my whole career. It's way easier. Offensively, way easier yeah. being off <laughs> on your own off wing. Right. And once you get in the offensive zone, you're wheeling and dealing, right? You're kind of interchanging. What about on the wall in your own end, though? Isn't it tougher? It's tougher taking the puck off, yeah. But you just learn to body positioning and uh, stuff like that. Brownie is at the but far blue line. Didn't matter. No. Oh, in our end. Oh, I don't come back. <laughs> I don't come back. I think, uh, Struds, I think you win the line game. I mean, I definitely lose the line competition tonight. How does Struds, uh, how does Struds win? Yeah, we don't even, we haven't great. even seen tomorrow. He's a defensive defenseman. He's never yeah. even been over the red line. They wouldn't no, let him not... skate across the red line. Holy yeah. smokes. Do you show this kind of hissy fit when you didn't get top power Jeez. play time? Someone didn't have their chamomile yeah. tea tonight. Wow. The one <laughs> no, time actually, I, I just actually... Did. I just had one. My wife made one. It was really, really good. The one time I actually praised Struddy a little bit, and Brownie goes snap show on the podcast. It's but I thought we had a thing, there. Ryan. I thought you and I had a thing, and we were uh, always time just now. Time yeah. now to get to the Weiss Johnson soundbox, Brownie. Weiss Johnson heating and air conditioning. It's time to get that garage heated before winter, right? Enjoy the luxury of a warm vehicle or heated man cave this winter. Installing a garage heater. It also helps you if you have rooms over the garage. That are always a little cooler. That definitely is the case. Bonus room above the garage. And we love having the heater now because then the floor isn't as cold in the bonus room. Uh, visit weissjohnson.com. Steve, play the jingle. Weiss Johnson, Weiss Johnson, whoa. 
I had all this carefully mapped out sound and I was going to make it part of the show and really weave it in and storytell with the sound and all that. And then we just got arguing and the whole plan fell out the window. So now I, I don't even know what we have here. Um, it, it was some interesting availabilities down at the rink today, guys. They were pretty positive, right? They, like I got there, they were, you know, they were having some fun on the ice. They were laughing. Like there isn't like this 150 pound anvil on everybody's chest and nor should it be that way. But we did ask, start asking some questions in the scrums. One of the ones that I asked uh, Jay Woodcroft was this idea of accountability. Because I think we would all agree that some accountability across the board might do this group good to try and cut back on some of these mistakes. I flat out asked him, are you benching players in-game enough to create that accountability? I flat out asked him. Well, that's a good question. I think in a... Um ideal world it's easy to make those ideal assumptions i think when you're sitting in some games um when you you don't have that ability when uh, as i said i think in two of our 10 games we've dressed less than the amount um uh, available to us just for different reasons that have nothing to do with accountability i think um but when you're in those situations you can't kill people either you can't you, you can't ask them that I, I said there's a couple games there where we had 11 forwards and in the first period somebody got injured so you're down to 10 forwards so it's nice to have that theory in a perfect world uh but we live in a less than perfect world but a shift here a shift there shift there yep, you can yep, send messages yeah there are there are certainly um in the end as i said we haven't performed as a group Okay, I wanted, it's a long clip, but I wanted to let most of that clip run so you could hear. And I did follow up with the idea that, well, just a shift or two. You don't have to bench guys for entire periods. Struds, what do you hear there from him? Uh, well, obviously it's measured. He's, he's measuring his response because he doesn't want to say he will or won't do it. Um, but I, 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 I do think they're at the point where they need to because it really grabs people's attention. Everybody knows when a player's been benched. Because if it's Rashad, Strudwick, and Brown, and the next time it's Rashad, Strudwick, and uh, McDavid, everyone knows that Brown is sitting, right? And and probably should have been sat weeks ago. So, uh, <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, you do know. And I think it just it just is, it has a bit of a shock value. You can't do it every night, but Brown, I do think there's a shock value that not just affects that player, but the team. Well, it's funny. The Oilers are going to play Vancouver tomorrow night. And last week, Rick Tockett benched JT Miller for taking two penalties. He sat out the last four and a half minutes of, I think it was the second period. He came back in the third period, scored the game-winning goal. So there was uh, a, a, a message sent by the coach saying, all right, that's unacceptable. I'm sending you the message. I'm not benching you for the entire game. But he noticed, his teammates noticed, and he put him back out in the third period and said, all right, now show me how you're going to respond to it. And he responded in a positive way. So, yes, there has to be accountability. Yeah, and I think it needs to make sense for the players, right? Like, if the only people that ever get benched are Dylan Holloway and Philip Broberg, it's, it's, you know, and the odd Vinny DRNA one here and there, I think that's hard. You know, you look at what other teams are doing. Like, Goudreau got benched the other night. Timo Meyer's gotten benched. JT Miller got benched. Mm -hmm. Like, good players get benched because standards are well, high. And and I'm not – go ahead, Struddy. Bertuzzi in the, uh, Toronto, too, has been benched. Yeah, but well, yeah, last exactly. year, last year Tampa Bay they benched their top line: Kucherov, Point, and Stamkos. 
Those are the three guys that just won back-to-back Stanley Cups. They got benched entire period. Yeah. It's tough, right? Like the day he sits Leon Dreisaitl out for a power play or <laughs> or has Connor McDavid skip a shift, like, boo, not easy. And I'm not necessarily suggesting that that's the answer unless it's egregious. But, you know, Dreisaitl takes a really undisciplined penalty that hurts the team. You might have no choice at a certain point here. And as hard as that is to do, it's not comfortable. Um, and I don't think he's done enough of it. I think the the accountability needs to be high. And I think, yes, you can't healthy scratch people, but you can make these adjustments in game and they will make sense to the players. And then you get them right back out there, message sent. And I think that there's something missing on that front. Yes, Dreds? I think you learn a lot about a player after he's been benched. Yeah. And not, not sat out, but benched. Um, so, in, for instance, let's say Leon takes a bad penalty in, my, in, in in Vancouver and he doesn't play for whatever. Whatever it is, one shift will fire him up. It doesn't have to be a whole game. The resp- I would expect him to be absolutely pissed, pissed, and come out f- guns a-blazing. That's what, I, that's what I think his response would be. Uh, and that's, quite frankly, what you want, right? That's what you're trying to get, a response from the player to ignite a fire inside them that maybe isn't burning bright enough as it is. Brownie, do you think Leon would react that way? I do. I honestly, I do. I think really? he'd go out and score a goal. I do. Yeah. I think he'd go out, he'd score a goal, and he would go back and stare the coach down as he sat down. He'd just <laughs> stare at him like, "All right." I dare you to freaking and, but do that's that what again, you want. Right? Yeah, yeah. And but that's there what you, you want. And again, yeah. and, and you said it, it. It doesn't make sense to bench your fourth line guy. That doesn't send a message. Doesn't do anything. The only time to send a message is if you send somebody who doesn't get benched often. That's when the rest of the team looks up and go, oh, okay, I guess there is accountability. Even, now, all of a sudden, everyone's in line. Even something as simple as having a guy skip a shift. Like, you made the point yeah. last night, Struz. That resonates through that bench, man. Those players know what's going on. They back, know. Yeah, they know. Uh, back to the Weiss Johnson soundbox. Let's hear Leon Dreisaitl. I asked him about his own game because he's without a goal in seven games. That never happens. So I flat out asked him. You're sort of finding in your own game, and what are you, what are you trying to find? Uh, just trying to find more offense, uh, just try to create more, um, you know, again, um, no one seems to have that much confidence right now in, in our group and, and, um, you know, that, that starts at the top obviously. And, um, we know, um, that we can be an awful lot better. Yep. He does. He knows. He went on to say that everybody needs to be better. It's a team thing. But I definitely sense accountability and dry saddle. He knows the numbers are what they are, and you can't really hide from that. One other clip I want to get to here, guys. We talked about Dylan Holloway being benched, right? We talked about, you know, Philip Broberg. Those are easy things. We were asking Jay Woodcroft today about Dylan Holloway and about where his game is at and where his confidence is at. And Jim Matheson followed up when he talked about the lack of confidence in Holloway's game. And Maddie basically said, is it a coach's job? to put a player like Holloway into positions where he can find his confidence? It was a great question from Maddie. Well, maybe. I, w- I think you would see that uh, Dylan's numbers are up this year. I think there's been some games where he's played 15 minutes or so. Um, but in the end, um, you know, we have to perform. And we're in the position of trying to um, win games here. So uh, Dylan's not alone in that group. Uh, there, there are some other uh, forwards kind of in that grouping that really haven't found uh, much offensive success. Um you know, but when you go to opportunity, I go to the amount of minutes played, and I think 
Dylan's minutes are certainly up this year. It's not just about minutes played for me. It's about messages sent to a player. And I think the message has been sent over and over to this player. You're not ready for more. And you're not going to be trusted in, in more situations. I think it's more about messaging than minutes, Brownie. Well, it, well, it's also not just minutes when you're trying to breed offensive confidence. It's who you play with. Exactly. I mean, if, if, if you're playing 15 minutes a night and 14 and a half of those are with Ryan McLeod, who's got zero points on the season or one assist, I guess, whatever he has now, he's not a playmaker. And this goes back to what you and I have been talking about all season long. Dylan Holloway would have been in my top six at least three or four games this year and let him find if he's capable of playing with them or not. I think he's got the skill set. I think he can flourish up there. And at the very worst, if he doesn't and Strads goes on, well, you don't want to ruin the kid's confidence. He's got none now playing on the third line. Let him play up. He's, Leon will bounce one off, in off his shin pad. Connor will throw one off his skating in. And all of a sudden, that zero beside his name is a one. And now you have confidence. Dylan Holloway needs more minutes with better offensive players to gain more confidence and become a better hockey player. You know, guys, I've actually come around on this. And I think that I'm I'm open to it. When I watch some other players play, like Poitras in Boston, or we've got a couple of younger guys there in, in Calgary. Um, you know, it's a fine line, though. I, I I do believe you have to force your way into opportunities when you're a guy that isn't a clear-cut top six. And, you know, even bouncing one in, you know, scoring one would have made such a difference and maybe moving them up. But with the team struggling like they are, I, I do think it's not like other guys are killing it. You know, you can get him into that spot uh, sooner. So I've I've definitely softened my position on that. Yeah, and and you know, like you made great points before, Streds, because the fact is, if you throw him up there for five games and nothing happens, well, now he might end up two steps further back than when he went up there. But right. you can't be afraid. He's a first round pick. It's not like you're throwing a sixth round scrub up there that hasn't shown it, right? And I think messaging wise, promoting Warren Fogle ahead of him back when Holloway was the better of the three of them, before Fogel really turned his game up, and then promoting Matthias Janmark ahead of him, that's messaging that I, I think it's it's not about minutes. It's about the message Dylan Holloway receives from this coaching staff. No second-unit power play. None, right? And uh, that messaging. So I think that, that that's something that needs to be adjusted as opposed to just minutes. We're way over time, but we have tons of people the stream they're totally engaged i feel bad keeping you guys a little longer but we still have a couple more segments so quick commercial break and then we're going to come back and uh, our last two segments before we wrap the pod okay heroes are you trying to tough it out through a sports or life injury right now trying to prove your metal by grinding through gritting your teeth well redefined health is here to say it's time to come on in at redefined health they'll high five you for your toughness and then get to work on helping you fix the problem. Helping athletes and heroes find better balance, performance, and injury prevention, visit redefinedhealth.com. Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. Top-of-the-line TrackMan simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park and Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a z.ca. 
If you're looking for a night out on the town and want to make sure you and your fellow fun lovers arrive safe and in style, call Ahmed Enterprises. With their stretch limos and party buses, they can accommodate groups up to 22. Servicing Edmonton and area, Ahmed Enterprises provides luxurious, reliable, professional transportation. Whether it be weddings, parties, casino nights, game night at the arena, or any occasion, give them a call at 780-231-6018 or check them out online at ahmedenterprise.com. Mention Got Your Back sent you to get 10% off your luxury ride. When you make a mistake, heads should roll. It's not right. And I'm here. Someone has to put their foot down. Now that I say it out loud, it does sound a little crazy. Guy look good. <laughs> All right. Time now for Strutty's World, brought to you by Pathfind. You like how I slipped the music in there, Steve? Like yeah, I was, I was going to test it to see if mine worked and you beat me to it. I beat you to it. Full production value on this end, pal. You're basically uh, putting you out of a job here tonight. Pathfind is where Strutty's World is brought to you from tonight. So you know the value of a great employee if you own a business. Brownie, what are you doing? Uh, He's already call me when it's over. (laughs) Just call me when it's over. I'm reading my Kodak Light Ring, how to use it. Oh, in French. Uh, Pathfind is there to help you find your next star player for you. They can take your business to the next level, right? They help with recruitment, career transition, leadership coaching. They truly have your whole team covered. Find your organization's path forward at pathfind.ca as I subtly fade the music out. Strutty, what's on the menu tonight, my man? I love my wife, right? She's got, and, and she's unique. She comes in with these different ideas and things. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie, guys. I'm trying not to be, but I find I'm a little bit stuck in my ways. I'm trying to look out. So my wife, uh, earlier, about three, four months ago, she bought a leaf blower. I was like, oh, my God, why do you get a leaf blower? It's another battery after charge. And, of course, it's a different brand. So now it's a different charge. I've got chargers all over the place. Looks like I'm running a radio shack. But she got it. I started using one day on the lease. I'm like, okay, not a bad idea. I tucked that little nugget away in my head. So I say about, you know, just, just towards the end of this, uh, the season when the leaves started dropping, I got the leaf blower out. And I was blowing leaves all over the place. I loved it. I'm a raker. I've always been a raker. I, I spent a lot of money on rakes. And I rake it all up. But this was a lot better. And the, and the leaf blower was incredible. So that was day one. Then the next day I was in looking at my garage. I'm like, man, it's pretty dusty in here fired up the old usually i use a sweeper i've got a really nice broom you guys know i go to costco quality brooms i was sweeping out no i got the leaf blower out there guys it was unbelievable then it snowed maybe two weeks ago same thing just a skiff as they used to call it in ireland and i got the old leaf blower out boys i was blowing that thing all over the place guys i am literally now blowing everything i am loving it anything that i need anything that i need to get out there I am absolutely loving it. The, the dust, the snow, the leaves, I'm blowing it, guys. So if anyone else wants to know what to do, it's a way to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's, the That's the gem of the year. There we go. I am literally oh, blowing I'm glad everything. I stayed up for that. <laughs> <laughs> I know it didn't come out exactly how I planned, but you think think that maybe that you didn't you didn't script that? That's not in a prompter. I'm making my point. I'm making my point. I do love a good you start blowing, it's unbelievable. (laughs) Oh buddy. Okay. 
Regroup here. I love my life. They start. Well, we love your wife too, buddy. She's amazing. <laughs> oh, you need to get someone to edit your scripts, pal. I take everything back. Uh, love Strutty's World. <laughs> love it. My new favorite show. <laughs> okay, Brownie. I just uh, fell out of my chair. Where are you at on leaf blowers? Brown, let's let's bring this important segment full circle. Where are you at on leaf blowers, Brownie? <laughs> Well, I'm not blowing everything out there, so um, I I don't I I I, I use my lawnmower. I, I I cut my lawn sure. so it picks up the leaves because I don't want to ever have to come on the pod and and say what Strud says. So um, yeah, I'm I'm a more of a lawnmower, guys. <laughs> All right, just mow your own lawn. Stay away from other people's brownie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, I, I have the blower, and I, I don't mind it. Used it for the leaves in the backyard. It can actually pretty aggressively organize the leaves for you yeah. and can cu definitely cut back on time, so I don't mind it. Uh, how much money are you spending on rakes, by the way, Struds? Would you... uh, I've spent I mean, a lot of money on rakes. It was I've, another great quote there. I think I've bragged enough about my budget at uh, Costco. <laughs> I'm the kind of retailer I get every year. I don't want to start throwing this around. People are going to be like... Oh, oh boy. Warbucks. <laughs> uh, that was Strutty's World, apparently, uh, brought to you by our great friends over at Pathfind. Okay, time now where we get you involved on the stream. Uh, all there is is a bunch of LOLs right now. By the way, I think I'm supposed to tell you to – what was the phrase I used, Steve, that one night? Uh, it's the hit the love button. You got to hit – pound on oh. that love button. <laughs> right i think right i think if you hit that a bunch of times in some internet way it helps us so i haven't seen any of the little hearts floating up tonight and i think we're supposed to ask you to do that so so one more time steve pound on that love button uh time for ask us anything brought to you by Rini buclan shark of the park She's of Maxwell Devonshire Realty. Do you have the shark music uh, too, Steve? Is I that going to work? I don't have the copyright-free awful shark music. You don't have the awful shark? Okay, we'll give her the uh, theme music then. Rini takes on only a select number of clients uh, to give them a more personalized service. See why she was rated the number one individual agent this past year with her skilled negotiation and five-star client satisfaction serving Sherwood Park, Edmonton, and surrounding area. You can give her a call, 780-994-0280. She's a diehard oil fan. You'll see her on bus benches around the park wearing her uh, jersey proudly. That is Rini Buclan, Shark of the Park. Okay, Steve, uh, you'll have to scroll back above all the strutty chirps there and to actually get to some meat to... <laughs> Well, you know some decent comments so how are the people feeling tonight buddy bring yourself in where are you let's see they're ya. better now yeah they're better now hey there Robbie. you are nice to be down here um yeah so lots of questions uh on the stream about the goalie coach that's something that hasn't been brought up yet uh dustin swartz do you guys have any thoughts on uh his performance and you know his job security at this point i'm gonna sit this out too last time you guys did this it was so good you guys just do your thing <laughs> Um, well, it's funny. We we got that phone call uh, on with Reed and I the other day, and we've had it a few times. To me, the goalie coach, if the goalies like the goalie coach, the goalie coach stays. If the goalies don't like the goalie coach, the goalie coach is gone. He's had some great success with some goaltenders here. 
and there's some goaltenders have struggled. I'm not sure what's happening this year is on Dustin Schwartz, but it's it's a thing. If the if the goalies like him, uh, then he stays in the organization. Nobody, I know nobody works harder than Schwartzy, and nobody's more intense than Schwartzy. Um, I don't, I don't think the goalie coach is what's wrong with the Edmonton Oilers right now, but it's a fair question when the goalies struggle. And he might have the hardest shot in the whole organization. Uh, Schwartz, he's got a hard shot. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I look at like the work he did with Mike Smith. You know, and even you know, mm-hmm. maybe not quite as to, but Miko Koskinen. I think people. The problem they had with Miko was the contract, right? But he came mm-hmm. from Russia. It wasn't like he was – this was a first overall pick that came up three years later. Then, you know, he, he dust, you know, Schwartz kind of got what he got out of him. I, I, I don't know that there was – I think expectations got too high when Shirelli signed to that contract. I'll never forget the day that that came down. I, I was dumbfounded. I saw it on, on Twitter. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, no, I, I just – I don't know. I, I don't unless there's sweeping changes to the coaches. I don't or the head coach uh, in the offseason. There won't be any changes to him. I'm changing the rules on the fly here. <laughs> uh, you guys need to be fast with your responses. So Steve, blast them out. You two each like ten seconds max. Okay. And if you're too long, you're getting the whistle. <laughs> well, let's get her going here. Let's get more people, more questions involved, and you guys tighten it up. Go. All Steve. right, Kevin McCorm or Kevin. Cormac says, can we open the discussion on Joel Quenneville? Is his NHL return possible? If so, what he did with Florida would be so refreshing here. Quenville is a great coach, fantastic coach, but he has to be, he has to go through Gary Bettman first, whether or not he can coach again. So um, I, until you fire your coach here, you don't start talking about other coaches, but Quenville's great. Yeah, he's a good coach. I know that a lot of guys had him. I, I guess, would you want it? There, there's a there's a something around him now. There's there was an event that's around him. Do you want to bring that into this organization? Andrew Joseph says, I think send McLeod down. No one will claim him and call up three minimum salary guys. Doesn't matter if none of them are as good as McLeod. They will bring flexibility and functionality to the team. I might hit the whistle right now on yeah, that one. Yeah, I realized halfway through. That. That's okay. No, we appreciate we appreciate the ideas, yeah. but. Sending Ryan McLeod to the minors at this point is not, I mean, I, I don't think that's that's a realistic pathway to, to improvement. Michael Sommerfeld says this is solely on Holland. He's made a short lineup. He refused to address the issue that cost him the series, goaltending, which is the last in the league in save percentage. Fire Holland right now. Get a goalie. Yeah, Goal, still, goalies, yeah, go, yeah. Sorry, go Strides. Yeah, a lot of people talk about UC Soros out of Nashville. I, I like, you know what that's going to cost to get that guy out of there? And then to get, you know, to move one of your two current goalies, like, you got to talk a little bit of a realistic world. Okay, here's yeah, an interesting I agree. one. Uh, Sorry. Go ahead, Brownie. No, go ahead. Go ahead, little guy. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't given your answer Pat was yet. offside. By the way, an extension for Soros is what, like 9, 10 million, by the way? Okay, keep going. <laughs> okay, Kay says, this is an interesting one. They lost Yamo, Barry, and Costin, the three most vocal and happy outgoing guys in the room. This group is really missing them right now. They're way too tense. Thoughts on that, Brownie? Uh, great point. Uh, it, that That is, the, the Oilers leaders, a Leon, a Connor, a, a Nugent Hopkins, quiet people. They need loud. They lost a Mike Smith, a Costin. They did lose the loudness uh, in their dressing room, and it does affect them. Yeah, it's just guys that bring energy to the room and a little bit of unpredictability. Okay, Dawson Nielsen says, McLeod's been pretty good at taking draws this year, though. He's at 46%. He brought this up when you guys were talking about putting him on the wing. I wonder if he should play with McDavid, then move to the wing after the draw. 
I wouldn't have him on the wing. I'd have him as my third line center. I have Nuge in the top six. I don't think the others are deep enough without Brown and Yanmark to go three lines deep. I think you'd load up your top six and then have McLeod centering the third line. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I could see that too. I think I'm just trying to add a little shock value, right? Just just catch someone <laughs> off guard and get them get them out of their comfort zone because it feels like they're, well, they're listless, right? So get people uncomfortable. True. <laughs> this oh, might you have, got beeped. <laughs> this might have started as a joke, but it's picked up some steam. Is Koskinen available? <laughs> yeah. He's Lugano, I think, uh, in the Swiss League. Fair enough. All right. Um, Bob's your uncle says Coach Q used an NHL adjusted hybrid system to win his cup, similar to what the Oilers are trying to use. It would he could walk in and not miss a beat, would be playoff upgrade instantly. Yeah, same answer as before on Quenville, right? Like it's, and he did, you know, he they did address some of the managers at one of their previous meetings. But bottom line, Brown, you nailed it. They need to get that going through the league. Um, good stuff. Thanks, Steve. Solid segment, guys. You did a decent job. I have just one point I want to make, then we're going to wrap this pig. Uh, Stanley Cup expectations without any Stanley Cup champions. Do you think that bearing the weight of Stanley Cup expectations through the ups and downs and the, the weight of those expectations this year, guys, if they had somebody who had a couple, they had someone who, you know, is that dressing room lacking that in some way? Would it be meaningful? Um, yes, it would be meaningful. That's why every year at the trade deadline, the teams go out and look for guys that have won cups before, look for veteran type players to just fit in the dressing room, not to lead them, um, on the ice offensively, but to be leaders in the dressing room that we had, uh, we did the Alzheimer's thing this year, a struds and we had Brian Trotsch. I got to interview him up on stage yeah. and he talked about coming to Pittsburgh and being a leader yeah. in the dressing room and taking some of the pressure off of Mario. And they went on to win two cups with Brian Trotche in the dressing room, just helping out as a leadership type of guy. Yeah, I like the idea of having someone who's been through it before to help guide and just give some some guidance about what to expect and what it's like. And not just a bit player, someone who's been in the limelight during a Stanley Cup who would understand what mm -hmm. it's yeah. like to be counted on in those moments. I wonder how much that might help this team right now. Quite frankly, you know, while you're facing some adversity yeah. with these kind of expectations. All right, that was Ask Us Anything. Final segment of the night, we'll make it quick. Brought to you by United Sport and Cycle, Edmonton's most iconic home for everything sports. It's definitely your home for hockey, from sticks and skates to masks and pads. They can get you outfitted and ready to dominate on the ice. Go visit them in store to check out their extensive collection of gear. Try before you buy, getting fitted for new equipment or get a current piece of equipment repaired, that's unitedsport.ca. This is a no-brainer, Brownie. A no-brainer. <laughs> Gem of the night tonight was? Well, Strad said he would blow anything. No, I, I said I am blowing anything. I said I am with my leaf blower. It's hey, Guys, you don't have one. It's, it's a game changer. Steve, do you recall what the exact quote was? I, I mean, I don't expect you to be able to pull it up. Uh, Although well, it's going to live on this podcast, the show something like I'll right. blow anything. Yeah, <laughs> coming, <laughs> coming to a Twitter promo near you tomorrow. Oh, sensational, guys! Sorry I kept us a little long tonight. I apologize, but we loved all the action we had on the stream. Lots of people so uh, tuning in tonight. So much appreciated. Great job tonight, guys, uh, and thanks to all of you for tuning in.
to got your back. Thanks to our title sponsors as well, Sherwood Buick GMC. Great job, Steve-O, behind the scenes. Uh, we'll check in in a couple of days. Well, actually, tomorrow night after the game, we're going to drop another podcast. So let's see what happens. Oilers and Canucks with a lot on the line. We'll chat after that one. Have a great night, everybody.